Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Radu Palamariu, Managing Director Europe and Asia Pacific at Alcott Global. In this episode, we talk about what has changed in the way we work in recent years, what the future of work will look like and if robots will take over, what the most important skills are if you are in supply chain and logistics, and what supply chain and logistics companies can do to attract young talent. Please enjoy my conversation with Radu Palamariu. Radu, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Martin. So the, the first question that I always ask my guests is, does logistics matter? I'll counter it with another question. Does oxygen matter? (laughs) In my mind, it's very similar. And I think the last two years, we have, most people have come to realize, but before, it's like oxygen. You take it for granted. The moment you cannot breathe, you know you're in, in trouble, right? Same with logistics. You take it for granted. If it happens, if it arrives at your doorstep, if the parcel is there, you don't think about it. Last two years, when it stopped working, when you had blockage in the Suez, where you have continuously disruptions, ports stuck in uh, in China at the moment, and war and other things, does logistics matter? I think it does, just as oxygen matters. Uh, thank you for that uh, that answer, uh, Radu. What I wanted to talk to you about uh, talk talk to you about today uh, for this episode is uh, some of the buzzwords and 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 terms that are uh, floating around now when it comes to uh, to attracting talent to uh, to the, to to work today to human resource, um, especially since you're in in uh, in the business of uh, of uh, finding supply chain talent. Um, so for, for you, what is, what is one of the biggest uh, buzzwords? And you can tell me if it's relevant or not, right? Some are not relevant. But what's one of the biggest buzzwords for you? Uh, I guess one that's uh, thrown around is the great resignation. And, and I think it's yeah. thrown around in the sense that one, there has to be some caveats to it. So yes, maybe in some markets. Yes, maybe in, um, I don't know, in US, in markets where there's an over-demand and, and especially in supply chain and logistics because it's become so critical. It's become the oxygen was, yeah. was rare in the last couple of uh, years, two years. A lot of jobs are there. So in that sense, yes, great resignation, specifically to supply chain because you have a bunch of offers or you've been burnt out. A lot of people have been burnt out and you just need a break. And like, likelihood is you're going to have plenty of offers so you can do it. However, I would, I would approach it with care because, one, the grass is not greener on the yeah. other side, even if we tend as humans to always think it is. Two, just because you quit, yeah. I mean, usually it's not a good idea to quit because you hate or you, you find, not you hate, if you hate it, you probably, it's best that you quit. But if you find it difficult. Yeah, then you should quit, idea. probably. You should always have something to go to, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, you should be, by mm-hmm. right, you should find something exciting, a new opportunity that is exciting. I, I get if you are burnt out and you need a break. Then take a break. You can talk to your boss and take a break. Clear your head. Then maybe yeah. the decision is still to leave um, and look for something else. But do it with a clear mind. So what I'm saying is great resignation. 
I think it's do it with care, be practical if you're going to do it. And I think in, in, if you look at the overall population, yes, probably the spike is higher than it would have been, but that's mostly in Western markets. Trust me, in most developing markets, no such thing. And I think maybe we should drop the term <laughs> and just uh, use something more like uh, considering options. <laughs> okay, it, it does. It does sound way less sexy. The Great Resignation has a has a Absolutely. has a has a better sound, but uh, yeah, it's a, a, apparently it's just a, a hype term and uh, and not an actual thing. Um, so so you're saying uh, people that don't like the job that having uh, challenges. Um, you also talked about uh, all the disruptions now, especially if you look at supply chain and logistics. Um, I mean, the, the pressure is on, and I can imagine that um, uh, well, the, the burnout rate could could be a little bit higher than it was like two, three years ago. So um, the the uh, things like um, the uh, working from home, the hybrid working, which we've uh, seen in in many uh, jobs for the last uh, two two years, um, th does that change any of the of the of the dynamic of of, of the stress? I don't know if it, ch it changes the dynamic of the stress, uh, but I, it changes and it has changed the dynamic of the work, uh, of the work expectations, and more specifically about the flexibility that employees expect. That has changed. Now uh -huh. you can just as well be stressed at home as you're stressed in the office. So that's why I'm, I'm yeah, just reframing slightly your question. So, I, but I think that fundamentally what yes. has changed is the fact that employees, by and large, now expect an, a flexible sort of arrangement. Now, that does not mean that you can work fully on and only from home. It doesn't mean that, but no. they do expect, there's a certain expectation that there's a flexibility. If you want to work only from office, because some do, they have kids at home, great. If you want to do a bit of both, yeah. great. If you want to, you know, maybe just stay at home, there might be companies that don't allow it. But what I we have clearly seen, there's been a backlash of companies that said, no, from now on, you just go to office. Yeah, well, that you know then that, that has resulted in significant resignations there you go great resignation yes you want to force people to come <laughs> to office because that's what yeah. you think is still working great resignation right there the appropriate term so i think fundamentally managers ceos executives board members need to be comfortable and accept the fact that the expectations for flexibility are here companies will scale down their offices office space they'll make it uh, flexible arrangements You know, you can walk in, walk mm -hmm. out. And I think more and more will offer this. You can work from home part of the time. You can work in the office part of the time. We've seen Airbnb. They offer the policy where you can work remotely nonstop indefinitely. Again, I don't think that also yep. works. I do think that, and they do it. I, I believe they do it. I don't know for sure. The Airbnb, you need to bring people together physically, right? I mean, we are social yeah. human yeah. beings ultimately. But they offer this, you know, benefit of if you really just want to work from home, you can do it. So. Flexibility is here to stay. Future of work means flexible work arrangements, 100%. Um, and that we should embrace. Yeah, and, and I think especially in supply chain and logistics, those are pretty traditional industries. So I think there's a, maybe a stronger uh, focus than in other industries on uh, on the hours that you make. So, uh, and with that, I mean, that's why there's a focus on the office. You have to be in at a certain time. You have to stay until a certain time. Uh, maybe maybe even make sure you go home later than the boss to show that you're working really hard. Um, and it's and that's such a counterproductive uh, way of working um, where um, managing by output 
uh, is much more efficient. Is is that? Do you see that change in 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 logistics and supply chain organizations? I think micromanagers have gone nuts in the last two years. If they haven't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what medication they are on. But if you were a micromanager <laughs> and if you had to do that from home with your team remote, you chances are by now you should have gone nuts or accepted yeah. the fact that look, you need to change your style. Now, I'm sure there's a middle somewhere where there's still people that <laughs> are trying to mm -hmm. do it. Hence the yeah. example of companies and, and hiring managers insisting for people to come to office. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say, let's just operate all our factories, warehouses and ports and everything remotely. Like, how are we going to do that, right? There's yeah, physical things that need to be built. You can't just overnight and there's different tasks which require on the ground physical activity, right? Um, yeah. What I am, however, emphasizing is that from a management perspective, that flexibility needs to be there and needs to be offered. And of course, for the jobs that can be performed in office or remotely, that flexibility should be given to the staff to do that. Yes, you're right. I think it takes probably longer for the supply chain logistics companies versus a technology company. However, I would argue, linking it back to the demand for talent, that has supply chain is the mm -hmm. new goal. Forget oil. Supply chain skills. When you have logistics <laughs> costs that yeah. are five to ten times more, and it's all of a sudden the biggest cost on the PNL for the capex for, for a lot of products. Mm -hmm. Trust me, Martin. You have a lot of people wanting that skill. You have a lot of people that will give you jobs if you're doing that. And across the board in supply chain, you're going to have a lot of offers. So if your boss insists, no, you cannot do your job unless you come to the office. Well, you'll say. Well, thank you very much. I have these 10 other offers. I will go. <laughs> so yes. therein lies the, 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 I would say, the link. And that's why actually supply chain and logistics is catching up. And I believe it will catch up more, even if the mindset was more traditional. It's because of need. Yeah. The market dictates the behavior. So when you get hit once, twice, three times, you have four staff leaving. Well, you yeah. got to adjust because <laughs> you realize that otherwise I don't yeah. have a team. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's happened. Um, so, so you're saying that a lot of the jobs cannot be done from uh, from home, right? Especially if I look at warehouse workers or or dock workers. Um, but there's also something like robots coming around the corner, you know, and 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 they're slowly starting to do more tasks. And we have the physical robots, so robots driving around the warehouse, actually uh, unloading or unloading uh, trucks. Um, but we also see more. Uh, and how should I say this? The this this like the the software uh, robots, so so AI machine learning uh, taking over tasks from well people that could do those tasks working from home. So um, how how do you see uh, robotics and automation uh, uh, in in relation to uh, I mean everybody having a job? Uh, look, robots taking all of our jobs. I don't think we're there yet. Um, uh, probably not. Not. not yet. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know in ten years, but not yet. Um, that, that's yeah. why I'm brushing up on my humor because I believe it's harder to to, to replicate humor and jokes, right? So I, I, I'm pretty sure they'll <laughs> do it eventually, but that's a yeah. bit harder to. <laughs> so I'm trying to maintain an edge, if not in in headhunting, at least in um, comedian uh, as a comedian profession. Yeah. No, yeah. Joke, joke aside. I don't think the risk is, and I, in fairness, yes, of course, right? Is there a data entry person that could do a data entry in the office or at home? Yes, but 
do we really want people to be lost in doing menial, boring, brain-dead jobs? Not so sure, right? So if you put a robotic process automation in place, usually these are repetitive tasks that don't require a lot of brain engagement from a person. So by and large, yeah. the jobs lost are not really jobs that people would want. Then the, you know, you you look at trucking, where you have autonomous trucks, it will come because mm-hmm. you know, there's practical reasons. There's yeah. not enough truck drivers. You look in the warehouse. I mean, there's a reason why there's all this industrial yep. robots because you don't have people and, and it's not that fun to lift boxes at 50 kg and damage your spine by walking around kilometers every yep. day. Like it's not necessarily the job, the dream job, nor is the best use of, of, of our. So I would say, yes. There's going to be a replacement. Yes, the speed is increasing. We've also seen automation put in markets like Philippines. I was talking to a FMCG client that put in uh, automation in place because even if the cost was high, the mm-hmm. labor, but when you have COVID and the labor can't get to the warehouse or to the production factory, then all of a sudden for risk mitigation, it makes more sense. However, my yeah, yeah. argument is that by and large, if you keep learning, if you keep ourselves as human beings, if we keep adjusting our skills, they this will not replace jobs. It's 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 there to augment, augment to help people. Uh, augment is a company. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I said it. To help people, right? It's people with machine, not machine against people. No, no. Okay. So actually, if I hear you correctly, you're, what you're saying is the great resignation, not so much, but then probably the great reskilling. Uh, and that will probably be uh, huge in the coming year as all these uh, people that whose whose jobs are being replaced uh, uh, can reskill to well to do new things. I mean, uh, I, they they said you know when uh, when the steam engine came, uh, you know, or when cars came, there were there were all sorts of uh, jobs then that don't exist anymore, and we still all have jobs. So uh, that's my theory that um, there still be jobs. There will just be other jobs, some of which I, I we may not even know. Uh, what, what these jobs will be? Yeah, TikToker. I mean, you know, my my daughter, <laughs> Instagrammer. Yeah. You know, these kids making millions. And I know, of course, is everybody? No, of course not, right? But no. you know, would you have no. imagined? I I still don't get it actually. That there's kids playing games and other kids watching them play games and those kids playing yeah. games and being videographed make money. Like to me, that sounds stupid. It does happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you yeah. ask most of us, you know, is that even a job? Well, yeah, it, I mean, depends on your definition of job because that kid is having fun, but he's making money. Yes. Well, it is the best way of making money, right? Having fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the so the, the reskilling, uh, uh, Radu, that's that's probably not only uh, I mean the people in the warehouse and the truck driver who uh, who will be replaced uh, by a self driving unit. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that as work is changing. Um, um, we need new skills uh, skills across the board. Uh, so, so what are the what are the essential skills um, that uh, we all should be getting uh, to stay successful in in supply chain or in in any any, any other industry for that matter? So, uh, I think fundamentally hard skills are necessary. So you can't be um, I don't know a manufacturing engineer if you have zero knowledge of manufacturing. Yeah. By and large, though, with online courses and with all the uh, 
augmented reality tools <laughs> nowadays even if you don't mm -hmm. have a formal training there's ways in which you can you can get a grasp but by and large you need to have the basics right it's like you can't be an accountant if you have no clue how to do accounting at all yeah right? so let's so <laughs> yeah hard skills clear. are there and are important however key to success are not hard skills unless you're a rocket scientist right which is very few of them or you know some yeah cybersecurity geek there's some jobs right i don't know brain surgeon okay yes, there's some obviously. okay fine you know if you if you're that particular about a certain skill and you know you're messy cristiano ronaldo you're only that good fine you're okay right you don't need soft skills yep. but by and large the success is linked to soft skills whether it is in supply chain or ceo or management or in life in large the saying is soft skills are hard skills it's way harder to be good at the soft skills and what do you mean by soft skills communication influence yeah. building networks uh, building relationships creating partnerships all of these are soft skills nobody actually teaches you unfortunately also in school you you learn some but that also has has been a struggle for the last two years because the soft skills we develop it usually in groups and usually face to face is much harder yeah yeah in, in interaction yeah Yep. or hints on Zoom, right? So uh, I, I think Definitely. fundamentally the difference and what I'm seeing repeatedly in leaders and C-level, it's not the best at hard skills that makes it to the C-level, it's the best at the soft skills, it's the best at building teams and bringing people together, at telling a story, inspiring, creating a vision and rallying the team behind it. All these are soft skills. I don't know necessarily that you can go and and and, and, and on a training uh, and and get them. It comes with working with people through people, um, and ultimately, this to me is underspoken about, uh, underrated, but mm -hmm. it's crucial. So yeah, so uh, actually, and I I think I agree with you that uh, it, it it needs uh, it needs more attention, I guess. From from the start, I mean, do, do we should be starting uh, uh, putting some more attention on that, uh, uh, even just when when kids start in school. Uh, I I heard uh, an interesting uh, quote. I think it was Elon Musk who said it, and he said like, so so why why should uh, uh, children learn when a certain war was or or like a no 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 like a, a year? He said anything that you can just Google. Is is knowledge that you just don't need. So, so I'm guessing that when it comes to soft skills, um, there should be a little bit more uh, focus on these, and a little bit less on just you know, oh yeah, this this yes, well, seemingly I'll say seemingly seemingly useless knowledge that we cram into into children's heads. Yeah. And then look, I mean, knowledge is can be useful. Don't get me wrong, but if you can Google it. No, I, I, I agree. Mean, no need to memorize. I mean, wh why? <laughs> their machines will always yeah. be better. Their their storage capacity has, by long time ago, has <laughs> has been uh, higher yeah. than humans. So let it be. I mean, we don't need to remember dates and uh, I mean even the formula. Or I mean, you can find it easily. And and I must say, look, I mean, I look at my kids. Uh, the, the school and education, the new is the new. Is, is very much, you know, how do you work in teams? How do you collaborate? How do you do projects together? So I think we are in the right direction. Yeah, um, good. But I think there's a just there's just an, 
deep what I'm seeing, especially maybe in supply chain, logistics, engineering, manufacturing, because operations, because these tend to be by profile. They tend to be people that come from an engineering fixing mindset. So a lot of times, yes. a lot of this, uh, a lot of these people miss out on the point of, hey, I'm very good technically. Look, I fix robots. I do whatever. How come I don't get promoted? How come this other guy or girl got promoted? Yeah, yeah, because they know how to build networks, influence, tell a story, sell. These are not linked to necessarily getting stuff done. What gets you to the C level is not the fact that you've gotten stuff done. It's the fact that you that that's kind of a basic, but it's a fact that you've also got the network influencing and and built the support system that will propel you there. And of course, you know how to manage teams. Different skills. Yeah, definitely, and, I, and I've seen this in uh, in actually in almost every organization that I um, uh, help. With, I, I help organizations with storytelling, usually uh, in, in the logistics and supply chain uh, industry. And um, what I found, what I find time after time, is that um, they all have such amazing stories to tell. But to them, so to to somebody else, it's like, oh, wow, you guys really did that? That's amazing. And they're like, yeah, well, I just, you know, I just did my job. Yeah. And, but that's, know, that's, so that's, what's, what's special about it? They don't realize what, what kind of exceptional things they they actually accomplish. I just came from London and there was there was one gentleman there, Simon, who was one of the three that implemented the vaccine, <laughs> the vaccine in the United Kingdom distribution. It was three, there was a task force of three. Wow. He had never done vaccines before he came from uh, from frozen goods and, re- um, and supermarkets, right? Which was uh-huh. the closest that the National Health uh, Organization in the UK could think yeah. of, which were, they were right, right? And he basically, they did that, uh, you know, and they had to plan from how do you take the vaccines, defrost it, how do you operate with hospitals, which in the UK, by the way, each hospital is run independently with their own. How do you yeah. uh, uh, organize rooms where you can, you know, you can put the needle and, and vaccinate people? How do you do it like a production line every three minutes? How do you deal with kids when the yeah. kids turn can be just kids are not going to just sit there and you need a different... Yeah, they did all that, and, and it's amazing. And when you talk to these people, there's so many stories. It's just that there is a lack of storytelling skills, and that may be linked to how can we attract more people in supply chain. Well, that's how, and it's not even that we need to do anything in particular or or fluff around. We just need to tell what we do with pride, which most people, by the way, are proud of what they do in supply chain. Yes. Said, Why is it important? Well, it's saving lives, or it's if we if you look practically, I just posted something. The most fundamental thing, if we're going to survive, and I hope we do, uh, as a species, as a human species, we need to reverse climate mm-hmm. change. The crux of that is yes. in the supply chain. The supply chain is the most uh, generating of carbon piece of the puzzle. So if we're going to fix this, we need to fix supply chain. That is a tremendous why for a lot of youth nowadays that they buy on sustainability, they want to contribute, if more sustainable, if more supply chain professionals would tell that story, I just got off the phone with the CEO of Port of Singapore. He was saying that story, which is also the truth, attracts and would attract more people to come and fix that problem that we badly all of us are into. So that's why I'm emphasizing this again is a soft skill. 
Um, first is awareness. People within the industry, and I keep repeating myself because, as you know, right, it needs to be told. So people become mm -hmm. aware. Look, yeah, share what you do. You don't need to say anything in particular, but firstly, don't just assume that it's nothing. It's not nothing. It's actually something amazing. Share what you do. Say it with pride. And also share why do you like what you do and how are you thinking that you're contributing. Um, and I think that in itself is enough right? For, for most people right now. Of course, you can get better public speaking and communicating over time. But if you say that, most people will buy into it because actually supply chain are heroes. Last two years, why we didn't hire hunger, we didn't, I don't know, had, have shortages everywhere because supply chain professionals still managed to keep this going somehow, even if it was complete mess and it still is. And this is something yep. that they should all be proud of. Uh, uh, thanks, Radu, for answering uh, the question that I, I didn't ask about attracting people, uh, and uh, and a great answer. Um, so, so um, uh, in a short recap, what what are the, the the three main things that supply chain organizations sh should focus on to attract talent? So, number one, what we just discussed: tell your story and tell why are you doing what you're doing. Every company, I don't care what company you are, every company has a reason and. and Everybody should communicate. Usually CEOs and salespeople tend to be, marketing tend to be better at this. Yeah. Supply chain people, please get better at this and please tell your why. So that's number one. Um, two, put yourself out there. Like, you know, I was talking to, um, okay, let's not name them, a large port operator in the world. They're very, uh, there's very little that they do on social media or they're shy or they're reserved or traditional. Why? There's, again, there's, there's so much, you know, great stuff. There's automation. They move so many boxes that enable global trade. You should share that more because then when people find out, then they would be attracted to the company, right? I mean, we know yep. Elon Musk, yep. whether you want to work for Tesla. Well, a big chunk is Elon Musk. I mean, you might not like him as well, but look, the guy is a magnet, right? So it's an extreme example. Of course, not all companies are Elon Musk, but the leadership needs to put themselves out there and the companies need to be putting this content out there in order to attract talent. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have, uh, if I necessarily have a third. Maybe the third is what we discussed also. Make sure you have flexibility in your process. Don't, ex don't assume that because you have corporate procedures that fits everybody. No, the new reality of work is that you have to be, to allow for some flexibility. I'm not saying now have a tailor-made flexibility for 5,000 people and each individual one head should have whatever they want because it's also not possible but allow for flexibility within the framework and understand that work is here to stay in a hybrid way that depending on the individual and the employee, you should be able to cater for them and that will make that you make you an, an employer of choice. Well, Radu, uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, being a guest on the show and uh, broadening my horizon when it comes to supply and change skills. Super, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog at logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to martijn at logisticsmatter.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-J-N at logisticsmatter.com. Or connect to me via LinkedIn and send me a message. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Alcott Global. Alcott Global provides executive search solutions for the world's top companies in e-commerce, supply chain, logistics and tech and transportation. For more information, visit 
alcottglobal.com. That's A-L-C-O-T-T global.com.